Hello, Nailers fans, and welcome in to another edition of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented to you by the 19th hole. And the Nailers are getting ready for a big week on home ice. It's been a very busy stretch of games, in fact, for the Nailers as they are in the midst of seven games in 10 days. This week, we have the Indy Fuel coming to town. Who else? On Wednesday night at 7:10, And then a Friday, Saturday, Sunday weekend series Friday and Saturday's games both at 7-10 and then Sunday at 4-10 as Wheeling plays host to the Utah Grizzlies. You can get your tickets at wheelingnailers.com or by calling our office at 304-234-GOAL. That's 304-234-4625. So we have a lot of exciting action taking place. Uh, it, as I mentioned, though, it's been quite busy too. So I thought it would be a good time to get a couple of guys who did not make the last trip and get a chance to take it a little bit easier than some of the guys who were covering from that three and three and diving into the four and five but they're two guys who we've certainly enjoyed having in wheeling at the start of this season and we're looking forward to watching them get back onto the ice and contribute in a big way to continuing to get this team some victories here so we have forward Patrick Watling and defenseman Shane Kuzmeski and guys I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to give the Nailers fans a look into what makes you guys who you are, not only on the ice, but away from the ice as well. I appreciate you having us. Absolutely. So let's dive into this thing. And for Patrick, for you, you've been in the ECHL before, but you went to school and now you've come back to the ECHL. How much different is it this time around? How much stronger do you feel? Because you've had a really nice season. You were leading the team. Actually, you still are leading the team in points. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, going away from the game, it's nice to look at it from a different angle. Outside looking in, I felt like I took away the first go-around of what I needed to become a better professional hockey player. And then I felt like I did that. I worked on those things while I was in school great program where I went to school so that helped as well and I felt like I hit the ground running. Do you see it more of something on the ice or off the ice like is it something in your game on that's improved or is it maybe even something psychological off the ice where you felt like you've been able to grow that much more? I think it's honestly a little bit of both. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm better hanging on to the puck being able to protect it making the smart play and uh away from the puck it's just uh team chemistry like you can always get better at that you can always be working on stuff to improve so it never really stops so i feel like i've got along with the guys great and every other day it just gets better that's outstanding shane it's your rookie season and you're a couple of months into this what's opened your eyes in your first couple of months of your pro career I think right away, uh, coming into this year, my it was it was really surprising to me how much uh, open ice there was compared to college hockey. I know I think I've mentioned it before with you, DJ, but I think that the open ice and just it being a skating game more than a structure, like I, there is still a lot of structure, but it's more of a skating, open, make plays, and I thought that was uh, that definitely opened my eyes, and I was really excited when I when I saw that was the way that pro hockey was. What about the off-ice lifestyle? Because when you're at school, you're managing classes in addition to having to play the games. But here, it's pretty well, well just all focused on hockey, which there's plenty of games for you to focus on. But there isn't as much where you really have to. The other stuff can kind of be more fun, right? 
Yeah, I think uh, there's a there's a balance there. I don't think you want to always be playing Xbox or always be uh, doing whatever you're doing off like away from the rink to have fun. But I, I get mixing some piano. I do some things to uh, to kind of even it out. But we definitely have a lot more leisure time to do a lot of things, and especially in COVID year, we're stuck in our houses. So a lot of Xbox. <laughs> A lot of Xbox. What about you, Patrick? I noticed that you uh, had some thoughts on that. You were ready to respond on that one as well as Shane. Yeah, no, uh, there's definitely a lot of time to hit the Xbox up. Uh, but you play a lot of card games. Like, there's a lot of families in here that in here, so we usually have meal nights. You go over to someone's apartment because we have the luxury of our team being able to hold us all in the same apartment building. So chemistry is, I felt, gotten better every week as we go in, being able to hang out with everyone. And then you could just find yourself by, because what Shane said, there's so much leisure time. You could really find out who you are. I talked with Matt Alfaro on last week's show, who's a fellow Canadian university guy like yourself, Patrick, and that's still an area of the game where I'm learning, and it's definitely an area that's grown in terms of the amount of players that we see here in the ECHL. What's the typical week look like for Canadian university? Because I know the NCAA, you're pretty much going practices and school all week and then Friday, Saturday, you're having a two-game series and then it's restart the week all over again. What's it look like in Canada? Yeah, it's pretty similar to that. Like, we might, because our travel's not too far, I know there's a lot of places in NCAA, their travel isn't too far, so you might be able to fit in a Wednesday game, go Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, but that's pretty much it. You try to get the majority of your schoolwork done in the first half of the week to get yourself prepared for the next half but you definitely have to have a schedule you can't fly by the seat of your pants in college what do you notice about the practices like when you're at school and you can pretty well plan out your week where and almost get a feel for it like okay monday tuesday is going to look like this wednesday thursday is going to look like this but here at the pro level when you have like let's say a week like this where there's a midweek game thrown in there or you're coming off at three and three and you have to have the monday off like how does that complicate things as you're trying to get into a rhythm and also make sure you're at the tops of your games yeah, it definitely throws you for a loop because usually in college you'll have like the first couple of days, say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to look over video, do systems, like get yourself prepared for this week's matchup. But in professional hockey, you might have two to three matchups you're playing against. So you don't have the luxury of A, going through video, looking up each other's systems, and B, practicing it with your team at home because you're going to have to play the next day. So you just have to take it as it is, make every play, and just be ready for what comes back. Shane, in a week like this, we'll get ready to play the Indy Fuel on Wednesday, a team that you guys know better than the backs of your own hands, I think, by this point. And then you'll see the Utah Grizzlies this weekend. Like with Patrick said, how much of the video are you watching of yourself and trying to figure out ways you can make yourself better, but also trying to learn the opposition as well, especially a new team like a Utah who you want to try and find out some tendencies, research who some of their better players are so that you're not going in blind, I guess, to what you would compare to a test at the end of the week. Yeah, I as far as like Utah and new teams, we kind of let the coaches uh, – go over video and tell us who they want to key in on and if there's going to be a matchup defensively 
They were going to match up against their best players. That's kind of the coaches. I, I personally like watching all my shifts. So maybe if I play a bad game, I won't, <laughs> maybe I'll bury that, those shifts. And, uh, but it's a lot of, a lot of ups and downs and you just kind of, if I play really well, I'll try and watch the game for mistakes I made and just get better and vice versa. If I'm playing bad, look for the good things. Just kind of try and stay even keeled. All right. How many times did you watch your first pro goal? Yeah, I think there's probably a couple views on, on Twitter and maybe half of them are me. So <laughs> <laughs> got a few looks at it. Yeah. <laughs> That had to be a great moment. I know you and I talked about that last week on the interview that played on television, and fans can check that out on our YouTube page as well. But that's always a moment that you're going to cherish and to be able to have it go straight in from the point, not have it bounce off anything. I'm sure that was pretty well how you could have drawn it up, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly... It was awesome to get, but I was looking forward to getting a few more, so just ready to get back out there. What else have you liked about your first pro season, whether it be some of the travel? I know you guys don't get a chance to see some of the different cities around the league as much as you necessarily would get to explore in a non-COVID year, but you've had a chance to go south to Greenville, South Carolina. You're going to have a chance to go to Florida a few times here in the second half of the season. How much do you enjoy that? I think it makes the season – I mean, we have a tough season this year, a lot of three and threes, a lot of four and fives. But going down south, it kind of takes the pressure off. You just kind of feel a little less stressed. Get outside. It's warm out. You can wear a T-shirt. It's just kind of nice to be down there, a little change of pace. As an Illinois guy, the closest you'll get from playing at home is one of the Indiana teams, Fort Wayne and Indianapolis. Are your parents going to get a chance to come out and see you play either they're on the road or are they going to have a chance to come out to the wheel at all? They actually have come uh, to the New Year's day, the day after New Year's we played Indy. They yep. came to that game and then they've also been to the wheel once. So they love getting out there and watching games. Nice. How long of a trip is that for them? I think to Indy it's about three hours and then they flew out here because they were doing something out east anyway so they were they flew out to west virginia from chicago oh very nice patrick you had a chance to play in orlando for the most of your tenure in the echl before are you bummed that we don't get a chance to go back and play there i'm sure you probably would have enjoyed getting a chance to suit up as a visitor and maybe see some old friends at the amway center yeah definitely but uh you can't have everything you want. Uh, playing the Amway was fun. Playing in Orlando was fun. Florida is a, Florida is a breeze. So uh, I, I would like to say we got to play him this year. So that's all I can say. Like I know a lot of people. I play on that team all the way from management down. So I'm sad we couldn't pull one out there in overtime. But uh, we'll have to say playoffs. What's it like to play in the same building as an NBA team? Because I have to imagine that there's all sorts of neat bells and whistles that make it really cool. But I don't know if people realize, like, aside from the games, you guys really aren't practicing that much there, are you? No. We have actually our own practice strength about uh, right next to the apartment. So we're, when I was there, about a 500 feet away so when we had to trek downtown 30 minutes to the Amway but 
they set you up nice. They do everything professionally. It's all first class. So when you feel there, it's just like home, like from the practice to the Amway. So they do a good job. Did you get to become a basketball fan at all, or did you avoid the Magic altogether? I like the Magic. So I'm I'm a pretty big basketball fan. So I, I like seeing that. We got a couple games. Like, it was, it was a good atmosphere to be a part of. Were there certain teams that you tried if you saw them on the schedule like, oh, I've got to see that game, or did you take whatever they were going to give you? Yeah, you had to do a little working around with your schedule because at the end of the day, hockey comes first and try to fit in all these other days when we're on the road and not. But we got in a couple key ones we want. Like we uh, we saw L.A. once, and then a big one for me was Toronto, so that was nice. You are a Toronto area guy, Sault Ste. Marie. So no more Brampton in the league, which is unfortunate because you guys tend to just fill that place when we go up there. So what's going to be the best chance for your family to see you play this year? This year? (laughs) Uh, I don't think they'll be able to play. Flow hockey. There you go. Nice plug. (laughs) He said flow hockey. Uh yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, because the, the whole restriction about paying $2,000 there for two weeks. But, yeah, I think anything would be in here for Wayne. Gotcha. How difficult is that, like, knowing that you're pretty much not going to see them for that stretch of time? But I know that you guys have done such a great law, great job this year of saying all the right things of, hey, I'm just excited to have this opportunity. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough. But at the end of the day, like, technology's gone so far. Like, you go on FaceTime, you do what we're doing right now. Like, it, it, it sucks you can't get any physical interaction or anything about seeing your family and friends, girlfriends. But at the end of the day, we're doing what we love. So what's better than that? Absolutely. There's been a couple of hiccups every now and again, but I see a lot of encouraging signs out of this group. And I know that, like, during that last homestand, you guys got the overtime wins and even, like, McNally celebrations right in front of the guys who are along the glass, and you guys are all fired up. So I feel like the emotion in this locker room is right where it should be. Shane, what's going to get this thing on the right track and get you guys so that you can string some wins together? Because I know that it's there. It's just a matter of getting things to align the right way. Yeah. Well, look, like we, we haven't won very many games, but I think everyone in our locker room believes that we have a really skilled team. We have a lot of players who can play at a high level, and we think we're going to turn around quick here. We've had a few meetings uh, with our leaders, and I think a lot of the guys, like we know what we need to do. A lot of it's little details, just getting the finer areas of the game tuned in to what our coaches want it to be. And I think once we start doing the little things, we're going to start humming like a well-oiled machine. So That's what we like. Patrick, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, just what he said. And uh, once we get on the same page, all the way from the top of the line down to the bottom, we'll be running smoothly. I feel like just the little details, once we get them together, will be good. That's exactly what we like to hear. We have Patrick Watling and Shane Kosmeski on our Wheeling Nailers Power Hour this week presented by the 19th Hole. We'll take a quick break and we'll start to dive in more to these guys and their college careers and what they studied. That should be an interesting topic as we lead into a four-game week in downtown Wheeling. The Fuel in on Wednesday, the Grizzlies on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Get your tickets at wheelingnailers.com. This is the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank. 
Segment number two of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour in a hockey week in downtown Wheeling as the Nailers will be home on Wednesday to take on the Indy Fuel at 7-10 and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the Utah Grizzlies, 7-10, 7-10, and 4-10. You can get your tickets at wheelingnailers.com. If you can't make it out to the games, you can watch them on MeTV or you can tune in on our sister station, Mix 97.3, as the guys look forward to seeing someone they know quite well and someone that they're going to see for the first time in the 2020-21 season. So we have Patrick Watling and Shane Kosmeski are my guests and we touched about the lifestyle of playing the college game as we were in that first segment but one of the things I enjoy doing just getting a feel for what these guys had for a college lifestyle what they studied why they picked where they did to go. So Shane let's start with you. Uh, you went to to Clarkson University, which took you to the state of New York. What stuck out to you as far as what made you want to go to Clarkson to have your academic and hockey career continue? I'll give you a little backstory. I went to prep school for three years in Lake Placid, New York. Oh, wow. So that's upstate New York, uh, about an hour and a half or an hour from Potsdam, New York, where I went to school, where Clarkson is. Um. I said when I left high school, I was never going back up north. Like, I was never going, like, there's no chance I ever went to upstate New York again. Um, The coach called me, Josh Howage. He called me five or six times, and I was just excited to get into my age-out year of the North American League. I kept saying no. Finally, he, he called me, and he's like, hey, like, do you understand? Like, this is good hockey. Like, you're going to blow it. And I was like, uh... I'll call you back in about, I called him back in about five minutes and committed there, but um, it's a really, really good school for school, and it's also, we're good every year, so it was a no-brainer really when I thought about it, but I just had that in the back of my mind, I wasn't going back upstate. Winning certainly helps, so once you got in there, what did you decide to study? Uh, I was business. I wanted to go marketing but they didn't have that there. So I ended up doing entrepreneurship and innovation. Uh, so it's it was either that or accounting, and I was never going to be an accountant. So, uh, But it was really good getting all the business classes, everything I really wanted to do except for the marketing. So it was awesome. Is marketing something that you want to do down the road? I know you still, you're a rookie, so you've got a lot, a lot of hockey left to go. But is there something about that that really intrigues you uh, for a potential later in life career? No, not really. <laughs> um, my mom is uh, her company was called it is called Red Zone Marketing, so I just figured it would be a, a nice track for me to go marketing route. Um, I also would have loved to do sports administration or something along those lines. So it's almost my after hockey is almost as open as it was before college. Right now, it was just really good to get the degree. Gotcha. So you got a little bit of a family tie in there. That makes things nice. What was the lifestyle like away from the rink? What do you do in upstate New York to keep yourself occupied when you're not playing hockey? <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of a lot of the same what we do here um, besides the homework part, but it's a lot. When you get back home, you just kind of like to enjoy your leisure time, play Xbox, but Definitely a lot more work, a lot more stress, a lot more things going on. Um, 
but it's 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 really good for the real the real world and just being on time for play like it just I feel like you grow up when you go to college you have to be placed at the right time regimented and then when you have your off time you can do what you want to do then do you drive around anywhere do you go check anything out uh the closest thing to upstate New York was a Chipotle about two hours away. <laughs> I did make that drive once. I spent about 60 bucks down there in Chipotle because I didn't know it was two hours, but that was the last time I did. There wasn't much to do. We Sometimes we'd go up to Montreal or Ottawa, go see games up there because that was the closest things. But it was a lot of focus on school and hockey because it, you're just tucked away up in the middle of a cold Potsdam, New York. What about Lake Placid, though? That must have been cool. What was it like going and playing where the infamous Miracle on Ice took place? It was awesome. Uh, we didn't very we didn't get very many fans, maybe like 30 a game in high school. So when we went to the ECAC championship two years ago and we won it in Lake Placid, New York, with a full crowd, it was kind of a full circle. It was awesome. What's it like seeing, I'm assuming it's just memorabilia and all sorts of artifacts just galore right oh the the town of lake placid they they kind of thrive off of that still to this day like a lot of shops around town with the all the 1980s stuff they, they do a really good job there's also a 1932 they did 32 olympics there too so they have a bunch of a bunch of different rinks a bunch of different things they have ski jumps if you're into winter olympics that's a great place to be a lot of great uh, skiing hills, mountains. That sounds like a really neat thing to see. That's really cool. Neat that you got a chance to experience that. Now, for Patrick, you, after you first started your pro career, you opted that it was going to be time to go to school yourself, and you went to the University of New Brunswick, which I'm very familiar with. Some wonderful folks up there in Fredericton, New Brunswick. First of all, is Mrs. Shannon still doing the food for you guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Outstanding. Still kicking. Yes. Roger yeah. was my GM He's in Lewiston. So I had that connection uh-huh. there. So every time we went up there, we got yeah. our lunch on the way to Cape Breton or Halifax or Moncton or whatever. Uh, no, yeah, she's a stand-up girl. She does everything, so it was awesome. All right, so tell me about UNB because they've got a very historic program. They are typically always in the running for the University Cup. Is that was one of the things that first drew your attention there was, hey, this team's going to be a winner? Yeah, that's that's a big thing, uh, Gardner Stamps Home, is uh, winning culture because it, once you do that, it's, it's easy to attract everyone. But when you're starting to make runs and stuff like that, it, it – it, with all the people that they bring in, it's about competitiveness and always wanting to win. A lot of people know the names for the NCAA guys, the Jerry Yorks of Boston College, the Jack Parkers of Boston University, the Red Berensons of Michigan. Gardner McDougall, though, has quite the reputation in Canadian University, the head coach at UNB. What makes him so good? Uh, he's, he's an eccentric guy. He, uh, he knows what he wants, and he won't stop until he gets it so if there's a player or a team or a championship he wants to get he's going to find out a way no matter how hard to get it 
What'd you study at UNB? Uh, I studied chemical engineering. Chemical engineering. What took you that path? Uh, both my parents are electrical engineers, and uh, they said it wasn't too hard, which it, it, it was a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, they, they threw me under the bus with that one, but I came out the other side intact, so I'm happy they sent me into it. How many calls home were there to say, hey, I am confused out of my mind about this homework assignment. Can you walk me through this, please? Exactly. And they're too busy, so they let me fend for myself, but I'm happy. Is this something that you're going to take what you learned into your post-hockey career, or was the degree good enough for you, and the heck with this, I want to find something else in life to do? Uh, it's hard to do in your post-hockey career, but uh, I, I think I'll utilize it. A lot, actually. That's awesome. Very good to hear. Where do you guys get to travel a lot? Are you mostly in Atlantic Canada? What's kind of the favorite trips that you guys like to make when you were there? As a team, we were on that half of uh, the country. Uh, personally, I, we like to go to Moncton. Moncton's a great spot. If you're ever, if you're ever feeling uh, uh, adventurous, you can go to Halifax. That's really close to there. We got. We always make a trip down to Boston, play Boston College for our exhibitions, and then uh, we go over to Montreal. We can see them. It's it's pretty close to everything, so it's not too bad. But staying on Atlantic Canada, that side, it's really beautiful in the summer and uh, great people. Do you like the fact that you're an hour ahead of everybody else on the time zones? I don't personally because I like seeing all the like sports games. I like being like on the California Calgary side. That's great, great because as soon as you wake up, there's games until you go to bed. So that's the only downfall. I totally agree with you on that. We go out to Vegas every summer for the league meetings, and there's nothing quite like having East Coast baseball start at 4 o'clock, and then the West Coast games are done by 10, and you're like, hey, you know what? I still have uh, a couple of hours to go before I shut down. This is kind of nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's outstanding. So growing up in Sault Ste. Marie, which is not too far from Toronto. How far are you from Toronto? Uh, it's like five hours, so oh, wow. it's, it's a little ways out there. So uh, it, it's a little trek, but once you get it down there, there's so many people put in places to do. What makes things special about the Sioux? Uh, let's see. Uh, we got a great junior team, um, great people. It's right on the border of the states, so you can get there easy. So it's more like a... It's God's country. So uh, if you like hunting, you like fishing, you like doing all those sorts of things, then that's that's for you. We've had a few guys come through there. Zach Torquato, probably the most notable. He was on our 15-16 team. Do you know Torque? I know Torquey. Good. Very well. <laughs> Is there some, you mentioned the junior hockey. How much of an impact do the Greyhounds have on that community? They're a big, big big supporter of the community uh it's, there's a couple high up people that really really run that organization very well and it brings out everyone uh from the city and uh when we had those little runs going to playoffs to the ohl championships it, it you could tell it was built up before then and that there was a long time coming and it, it's a relief for the fans there 
you started your OHL career in, in Guelph. So what was it like then going into Sioux as an opposing player? Because I've got to believe, I bet you were one of those kids growing up that was decked out in the jerseys, you were going to the games, you had your favorite players, and then now all of a sudden you've got to beat a team that you've had so many allegiances to growing up. Yeah, it's crazy being on the other end, being like on the other side of the glass playing in there. And like, I think they welcome me with open arms because the Sioux is a pretty tight-knit city. So if you're playing hockey anywhere in the world, people are going to know about it. So everyone knew I was coming in and they were all welcoming and uh, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I bet you had plenty of family at those games too? Oh yeah, I had a lot more people than that. Gotcha. Very good. Shane, what part of Illinois are you in? I'm just north of the, uh, the city of Chicago. Okay. So, about 30 minutes north. Gotcha. So probably a lot of trips down to Chicago growing up then. Is that what first got you excited and interested in the game of hockey was the Blackhawks? Actually, no. They were blacked out in Chicago for about six or seven years. Um, until Rocky Wirtz took over, I believe. But one of the owners, they wouldn't show the games. Uh, my dad, and he played hockey Division three at Hamilton College in New York. Okay. So I think I was on skates my first time when I was two years old, and it was I would go to his games, his men's league games. Like, I loved it right from the start. That's wild. I had heard, I knew about the recent change because I'd heard about the whole local blackouts. The idea was, oh, we're not going to show the games on local television because we want people to go to the games, which quite frankly I thought was a foolish mentality, but anywho, that's what they did. So then were you still a Blackhawk fan or did you say, well, I'm not going to cheer for these guys because I can't see them. I'm going to pick a different favorite team. I did originally do that and uh, it actually was the Penguins. I loved Crosby. Um, as the Blackhawks got better, and I realized like I'm a Chicagoan, kind of switched over, almost a little bandwagony, but now I'm a Hawks fan for life. So, does it blow your mind that both teams had good stretches at the same time, where like Chicago won their three cups, Pittsburgh won their three cups, both kind of in the same 15 year time period, and yet during that time they never got to play each other for a cup. Yeah, that is crazy. It, it always seemed like, honestly, it seemed like Chicago when they they had a few, like the Flyers, I felt like it was a cakewalk. Uh, there's some teams that definitely would have gave a better run because they're such a skilled team. They're faster. They just, I mean, they won the Flyers the first cup. They won that in six games yep. in OT, but to me, it, it didn't seem that close. If you ask people from Philly, they're delusional, but it really didn't seem like a very close series. Um, I I think the best series there was was the Bruins versus Hawks, but the Pens versus Hawks would have been an awesome series as well. Good answer. You know who you're talking to, a guy from New England, so good job going easy on the Bruins there. That was that was good by you. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, who are you? Uh, who did you my grow dad, up for? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Shane. Go ahead. Oh, my dad's from Boston too, so he, he tried to make me a Boston fan, but I, I was I, – I seem like a bandwagoner, but I was a pretty big Bruins fan too for a while because he he loved the big bad Bruins. I loved Lucic, so it worked. 
we always do that to everybody. We try and convert anybody. It doesn't matter who you're a fan of. We always try and convert you to New England. So, Patrick, who are you? Are you a Leafs fan? Did you go across the Michigan border to Detroit? What was the thought there? Uh, I was actually a Colorado fan. Whoa, where'd that come from? Well, Patrick Waugh, my favorite player is uh, Peter Forsberg. Joe Sackick was a king and I felt like at that time, and they were just a powerhouse. So the avalanche it was. Very cool. All right, that brings us to the end of segment number two of our Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. We're joined this week by Patrick Watling and Shane Kosmeski as the Nailers get ready for a four-game homestand this week. Lots of big points on the line and hopefully lots of big points that go their way. We will have one more segment to go. Don't forget to get your tickets for all Nailer home games at wheelingnailers.com. And this is the Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole on the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank. Let's roll into the final segment of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour as we get set for four games in Wheeling this weekend for your Wheeling Nailers. The Indy Fuel in town on Wednesday, the Utah Grizzlies in town on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You get your tickets at wheelingnailers.com, and you can catch the broadcast on our sister station, Mix 97.3. Patrick Watling, Shane Kuzmeski are my guests on this week's show. We just got a little bit of a dive into the their college careers, and also their fandoms growing up. So aside from hockey, what did you guys play for sports as youngsters? Who wants to start? I can take it. All right. I I think I played every sport that I possibly could. Um, the only sport I didn't play organized was basketball, and it was one of my favorite sports of all of them. But I went from soccer to football to lacrosse. Uh, name it. I played. I played tennis. Wow! So basketball was one of your favorites growing up, but you didn't play it. Did you have issues at the free throw line, or what went on there? <laughs> uh, I was just a god awful shooter. I, <laughs> I I missed the whole thing more than I hit the net. So it was. It was a no-brainer for me to just take a pass on that sport. Did you like getting involved in a lot? Because I know a lot of parents will have that debate with their kids growing up where some of them will want them to focus solely on one, and then others are like, you know what, expand the horizon, go nuts. What did that do for you getting a chance to play them all? I think there's something to be said for both, but you just can't make a kid sit down and do one thing they're going to get bored of it or they're going to get burnt out i think it's great to just kind of especially when you're young take the time play other sports it develops other muscles and it it's just i mean i loved it i loved playing other sports getting out in the sun doing other things other than just freezing your your socks off in a rink so what was the favorite sport to play besides hockey out of all the ones that you did? What if, if you weren't playing pro hockey, which one would you have picked? Football. Football. It, I mean, it, I could convince myself that I would have gone play pro football, but obviously I'm 6'1". I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Tyreek Hill, but I felt like Tyreek Hill when I was playing. <laughs> Every, <laughs> everybody I say to this, answers it the same way are you in the the quarterback mold i feel like everybody if they're a good athlete they're they're a quarterback were you a quarterback or were you something else 
I was a quarterback when they didn't throw, but I was a running back, and then I would have been a receiver if I had kept playing. Gotcha. Forgot to ask, why basketball? Michael Jordan, Bulls, that whole shindig? It's just the easiest sport to play pickup, and it's I just had so much fun. It's a good workout. Okay. And now I can dunk, so I always I'm always going to the court if we can go to the court, show off the bunnies a little bit. Now you can dunk. Okay. Perfect. We may have to get a video of this. I'd be curious how many of these guys can dunk. All right, Patrick, it's your turn. What did you play growing up? How are you going to follow that act up? Yeah, that's hard. Uh, I pretty much did the same as him. Like, there's two ways you go down with it as a parent. You either, like, hone them in and specialize them in that sport, or you take them out and let them experience them all. So I did everything from soccer, football, golf. I did a lot of those ones. I didn't get into baseball too much. But, which is I kind of regret, but uh, I stayed in between the soccer and football and hockey in the summer. Did you have a favorite? You said soccer, football were kind of the two that you leaned towards? Yeah, I'd probably pick, like, soccer I was better at, but I like football a lot. What position did you play in each? I was running back and wide out. Gotcha. What about on the soccer side of things? Soccer side, I was striker midfield. Okay. Gotcha. Do you watch soccer a lot? I feel like that one doesn't get as much credit in Canada, but uh, what about it? I, I tune in here or there. Like uh, My favorite uh, team over across the pond would be Manchester United when Rooney and all of them were doing their thing and Ronaldo was on there. So uh, I, I like kind of keeping touch, but I don't know my way around all the leagues. Do you think that having MLS teams, especially having a recent champion in Toronto and then also having it go to Montreal and Vancouver will help grow the popularity of the sport in Canada? I think it will tenfold because uh, when I was in Orlando, they just got their Orlando team for their MLS. Oh, yeah. And, and it was absolute pandemonium because, like, I'm not at the end of the day, hockey's a great sport. Everyone loves it, but it's different strokes for different folks type of thing. And it bring, brought out everyone. I feel like that kind of is when you get something new that you've never had before. It's that shiny new toy that everybody yeah. gets to, wants to get a piece of. It's like if a family gets a new car. You know, everybody wants to drive it and see what it's like. It's like when Vegas just got hockey for the first time and Seattle's going to get the crack in. Like, I, I feel like that's going to be the, the, the new thing that's going to really take off. Yeah, that's exactly it. All right, we have the non- hockey sports side of thing what about the hobbies away TJ, from... oh go ahead Shane I just I'd be I'd be remiss I you're gonna pick call hobbies here but I remiss, remiss to not say that I golf almost <laughs> as much as I play hockey I don't know how that skipped my mind so you scratch golfer eh forgot about it okay how's the golf <laughs> game then tell me or what are you, are you good I'm all right okay We've got the good courses up at Ogilby, so we'll have to get you out there uh, as the weather warms up. You guys are going to have plenty of nice weather as you guys conclude the season this year, so you'll have some good opportunities. There's some good courses out there. They'll challenge you, though, so you got to be ready. Can't wait. Perfect. All right, now on to some hobbies that are away from the sports world. So let's say that it's a traditional summer back home. What are you doing to keep yourself occupied and have some fun in the downtime? Shane, you want to start? You said golf first of all, so yeah. So that's one. 
Yeah, um, I mean, I can run you through a day of my quarantine life right now. I would wake up at about 7, drive to the city, work out, um, get back home, go to the range, uh, hit balls in the range for about two hours, go play 18 or 36, and then I'd come back home and uh, play a little piano. There you go. All right, so let's go golf first. Um being that you play it as much as you do, are there any dream courses that you would like to play just to be able to say that you did it, and why would you pick a certain spot? Um, I think it's going to change because I think I'm going to play. It's a, a course that people play a lot. It's not really exclusive. Uh, Pebble Beach, I just think I've played it so many times on Tiger Woods, PGA Golf on, on Xbox. I've put it in the water so many times there that I think uh, in real life I I owe that course one. I feel kind of the same way as you on the video game idea because I've played it on pretty well. I go back to playing it on the computer when I was growing up is on every single golf game that exists is, and it's coming up in a couple of weeks, 17 at Sawgrass, the Island Green. I feel like just to give it a shot or to see how many shots it would take me to land one on the green would be a really neat thing to try. That would be awesome. That would be unbelievable. Are you a golfer, Patrick? Yeah, I, I like to hit the sticks. And definitely TPC Sawgrass, that would be a great one to head on to. All right, piano was the next item that you mentioned. So... How good are you at the piano? When did you learn that lesson and skill? Uh, so I tried to learn about like three years ago, four years ago. Uh, wasn't going well. Then there was, uh, we went to this bar in the summer where there was this guy in like a secret room just cranking out piano tunes and the room was going nuts. And something slipped, and I'm like, that that would be sweet to do. So I've just been kind of going at it ever since. I got a little uh, snippet. I could, I don't know if you want to clip and throw it in, but I could, I could show you a little bit of my piano man skills. I got the harmonic out and everything. Oh, no kidding. That'd be pretty yeah. neat to see. Did you learn that on your own? Did you get lessons? Or have you kind of just tried to hear songs and see if you can emulate it, or how did you go about that? Uh, a lot of YouTube, uh, you kind of find one that works for you. I, I ended up off of YouTube going to a website, and they have a catalog of over 300 songs where they teach you by video, which is awesome. So that's kind of where I go. That's fantastic. You said you have something handy there for us? Yeah, I I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, though. That's the only problem. Ah, uh, okay. Just let me know if... Oh, you can try. Let me know if you can hear it. Give it a whirl. Just a little snippet for you. 
That was one-handed, I might add, too. Nobody can see that, but the fact that you did that all with one hand, is uh, that's pretty skilled. Good job. <laughs> yeah. That's phenomenal. All right, Patrick, what about for you for non-hockey hobbies, summertime or elsewise? Summertime, uh, I like to enjoy getting outside, especially in Freddie Beach where I'm from or in the Sioux. There's a lot of lakes around, so I like to go fishing, like to go see the beach, just get outside because as harsh as the winters are, the summers are that much better, so I like to enjoy that. I usually work out in the morning and then I'll go golf or I'll go fish or go hang out with my friends out at the cabin, something like that. How much success do you have with the fishing? Are you one that uh, will go and try and land the biggest thing you can? Or are you one who just does it for fun? Do you cook it? What's the What What all do you do with it? It's usually my friends that are leading me through it because they're, I'm usually gone for the winters and I'm gone for most of the summer. So they all know the hot spots and everything. So I just tag along, just catch up with old buddies and the day flies by. Makes for a good leisure activity, that's for sure. When you can hang out with a lot of friends, that makes it a lot of fun. Yeah. Shane, I think earlier you mentioned the Xbox is getting a workout. Yeah, it might be time for a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the hours logged, and it's not a newer Xbox. It's like the old black Xbox One, the first one that ever came out. So uh, if it were a car, it would have quite a few miles on it. What games do you play the most? NHL, I'm uh, I got the crown on the team, putting that out there for anyone. Um, okay. <laughs> and then we, me and uh, my roommate Lawton Cornell, we play a lot of Rocket League. Really? Which is new for me, but it's a lot of fun. All right. Yeah. Very cool. So you're playing video games a lot, Patrick. What are you doing with uh, your downtime here in Wheeling? Are you a video game guy too, or are you taking us a different path? Uh, I usually like because. There's not much to do, and you want to be able to hang out with your friends on the team. So I usually play cards. The guys are playing Sharps right now, mess, messing out. I shout out to them. And uh, usually Warzone would be the – Call of Duty would be the video game we play. Ah, so a lot of games that you guys have. Are you guys into TV shows at all, or do you kind of go movies? Where are we on that platform? I, I like – I like TV shows. Um, not much time for them. Me and Courts uh, actually just went through all of Game of Thrones. We're just kind of binging series that everyone likes. We finished Ozarks in one day. I had never seen it before. So we've just been crushing through series. And then now, now that all the boys know each other a lot more, there's more card games and stuff like that going on, which is awesome. That's perfect. I'm glad that the team unity is coming together like that. Patrick, do you have any shows you like right now? Uh, I'm usually a movie guy. I, I can't sit and crush a whole series out in one day. I got to do something. But me and uh, Wardo, my roommate, uh, we crushed a lot of uh, Marvel, the cinematic universe. So we've been doing that a lot and getting prepared for the new uh, generation coming up. Perfect. What about food? How are you guys with the cooking game, and what do you like to eat? Uh, Whatever Quartz is cooking, baby. (laughs) Whatever Quartz is cooking, huh? (laughs) What has he he made that you like? What's your favorite? 
Uh, I mean, he just, he's awesome chef. He'll cook for the boys. Uh, he cooks a really, I mean, his steaks are good. That's not too hard, but he's got a, he's got a lot of different things he makes. And sometimes I don't even really know what's going on. I just, in front of me, tastes unbelievable. Move on to the next meal. Perfect. This is good news. We have not had Chef Lawton on the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour yet this season, so that will be an exciting show for sure. What about for you, Patrick? You a cook? You, uh, what do you like to eat? I usually, if it can be breaded, I'm cooking it. Breaded, so, okay. I, Yeah, so I bread a lot of things. I like my chicken. I like uh, I like my veggies, so I, I try to keep it simple uh, because it can get away with on you how many times uh, you're off the ice and on the ice, so you want to keep it clean. I don't do anything really too crazy, but I do bread a lot. Do you do seasoned breading, or do you just do a basic breading? I add my own season into it. Into it. Gotcha. Do you have a certain style that you lean towards or just kind of whatever seasoning looks good on that particular day? I like to keep it hot. like to keep it hot. He's a spicy yeah. guy. All right. What about a favorite dish growing up that mom made? A, di- a favorite uh, dish for me would uh, probably be, oh, that's from way back home, but uh, flying fish from Barbados. That's or samosas, anything along that line. I really like Caribbean food. Oh wow, that uh, and that maybe explains a little bit of the spice fan of you as well. Yeah, that's so throw a little Caribbean jerk on there, and I'm happy all day. That's really cool, Shane. What about you? You got a favorite from home growing up? Well, you said anything that mom cooked, and uh, my mom made a mean French toast for dinner. Um, that's about as much as she cooks, but <laughs> she'd make some good breakfast for dinner. I love that. Um, that, yeah, not too many home dishes. It's just kind of the regular chicken, steak, all that stuff. So you're getting spoiled by lot in court now. Good to know. That's, yep. that's perfect. Yep. So that's how we'll end. It is a show that's, of course, brought to you by a restaurant. It's the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole. Guys, I want to thank you so much for hopping on today. You were both an absolute pleasure to have on. Got a chance to have some good laughs, some great stories. This was a really, really fun show, so thank you so much for that. Yeah, thanks for having us. My pleasure. That's been Patrick Watling and Shane Kuzmeski on our Wheeling Nailers Power Hour this week, presented by the 19th Hole. Get your tickets at wheelingnailers.com and come cheer the Nailers on this weekend, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So this has been a presentation of Nailers Hockey and the ECHL on the Nailers Broadcast Network, presented by Main Street Bank.